It's time for JT the Brick. How we doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? What do we want to talk about with the Raiders? So I want to see an interception. I want to see some fast. Third down and five on the 25. Wilson back to pass. Crosby in his face. Grabs Wilson around the shoulders and swings him down at the 34. Crosby with his second sack of the game. And the Raiders defense gets a stop. And then your boy JT got it right. JT the Brick. Always, always great to be with the Brick. I don't spend a lot of time on teams that don't make the playoffs. We talk about what matters in championships and winning here. It's Big Boy Radio. You know, playing fast has always been fun for me, and I enjoy it when there's time, and there's a time and a place for it. And now, here's JT the Brick. And filling in for JT today, here's Harry Ruiz. What's up, Raider Nation? We're a little bit over or less than 24 hours away from kickoff Raiders versus Rams. I'm your guest host today, Harry Ruiz here on the JT The Brick Show on Raider Nation Radio. It's been a while. I haven't been here on the JT The Brick Show in a couple of months, I think. And now it's great to be back here with my man, Bobby Machado, on the board. And with you guys, Raider Nation, here, of course, you know, the phone lines are always open for you guys. That's why we got Raider Nation Radio out here, to give you a voice, to sound off, to let me know what's on your mind. Because you guys are the most important part of the silver and black, the Raider Nation. Without the Raider Nation, the Raiders wouldn't be what they are. So, sound off. 702-365-9200. We'll be talking about what's coming up for the Silver and Black, a short week. I always hate short weeks. If it's tough for me doing my job, calling games on the radio, and the preparation that I do, I can only imagine how it is for the players and the coaches, the guys that actually play the games. But you got to make the money, and that's what the NFL is doing. Monday Night Football generates a ridiculous amount of money. And now, Thursday Night Football, for a while, it was part of a package that they were just including it as extra juice for the TV contracts. And now Amazon is throwing billions of dollars at the NFL, and they're now making it super important for them. So the Raiders, they're going out there. Thursday Night Football in L.A., in Inglewood, SoFi Stadium, Another home game for the Silver and Black because I was reading numbers that Vivid Seats said that 63% of the tickets that they've sold have gone to Raider fans. And that's something that I'm like, well, yeah, of course they are. The, you know, there's, there's folks that bought PSLs out there in L.A. that aren't Chargers fans, that aren't Rams fans, that they root for the Raiders, that they root for other teams because they want to have those tickets specifically to not pay 500 bucks just to go watch their teams. And then the rest of the tickets, they just sell them off and try to make some money back to not spend a ridiculous amount of money. So that's going to be a home game tomorrow for the Silver and Black in Los Angeles. It's crazy. I remember being out here during the offseason, filling up, filling out for filling up for JC the brick. And it's like, we're ready for the season. We're ready for the excitement. And then I look at the calendar, it's like week 14. Week 14? Are you kidding me? We got one month left in the regular season. Only five games of regular season action for the Silver and Black. No! I'm not ready for football to be over. Now I'm talking about Amer- about American football. No disrespect to the World Cup. This is the least interested I've been in soccer since, I don't know, 94? The last time the World Cup was in the U.S.? I missed most of the Mexico game, the first one they had, because I woke up and I was like, there's something going on today. 
Oh, yeah, Mexico is playing. I turned on the TV. There was 15 minutes left of the game. Boring. Zero, zero. I'm like, ugh. But when it comes to NFL football, specifically Raider football, I'm a terrible morning person. When I used to go to the games at the Coliseum, 6 a.m., I was up. I was ready to head out there to the tailgates. I was like, I don't care I'm not a morning person. And I stayed up late the night before partying with the Raider Nation. And that's the kind of excitement that I want from the Raider Nation out there in L.A. tomorrow. And it's perfect. You guys are going to be able to tailgate in the afternoon. Nice weather. And then head into that maze that is SoFi Stadium where people struggle to go up and down and uh, go down the bowl and find their seats. And I've heard horror stories about that. Unlike Allegiant Stadium, where it's super easy to just go around there. But this game, it's key for the Raiders. You want to show the world that you can do it when you're favorite, favorite in the betting lines where you see every situation that's lining up for you and you're saying, okay, they're missing their starting quarterback. They're missing their Super Bowl MVP wide receiver. They're missing the wide receiver that they brought in as a target in the offseason. They might miss the best defensive tackle in the NFL. Everything is lining up. And us, as Raider Nation, we have seen this happen plenty of times where everything is lining up. And heck, look at four weeks ago, the Colts, all the chaos that they went through a week before the game, bringing in a coach that had never coached above the high school level. And they won. They beat the Raiders. And it's like everything lines up. And that's when I'm a little bit scared. I'm like... I've seen it plenty of times where the Raiders haven't been able to capitalize on those situations. But I'm liking what I'm seeing from this coaching staff right now. I'm liking what I'm seeing from these players right now. This team has changed plenty from weeks 1 through 10 through the last three games. I'm seeing them focused on what they can do, not focused on what the opponents can do. Or what, who they have or who they don't have on the field. I'm seeing these Raiders be like, hey, okay, you know what? We're missing Darren Waller. We're missing Hunter Renfro. We missed Andrew Billings' last game. Doesn't matter. Next man up and take it with that mentality. I'm worried if the Raiders don't have Rocky Seen, who in my opinion is one of the most talented uh, cornerbacks in this Raider Ross, Raiders roster. But Nate Hobbs is back. He did his thing on Saturday. On Sunday, sorry. Heck, he had a club on one hand, and he still recovered a fumble after a couple of guys missed. He made a play. Now let's see who steps up and does this thing. Three days of walkthroughs? I don't like that. I like these players getting ready to come back and get their time to rest on Monday, Tuesday, practice Wednesday, practice Thursday, practice Friday, and then play on Sunday. But fortunately for the Raiders, this is their only short week of the year. After Monday Night Football, the only one they played in in Kansas City, they got a bye week. That was good. Now, three wins in a row. The good thing is they got momentum. They're feeling good. The offense has looked in a good spot. The defense, those fellas, despite allowing 34 from the Seahawks and then allowing just 20 from the Chargers and impressively getting five sacks, impressively getting that turnover to kick off the second half and giving the ball back to the Raiders. It was pretty much like if the Raiders received the kickoff in the third quarter. 
They've been right place, right time, opportunistic, being there at the right time. And I'm liking what I'm seeing from this Raider squad at this moment. But short weeks, they're nothing to joke around with. And we're going to hear from a couple of Raiders here right now about what a short week, what kind of challenge that presents for the silver and black. And like I said, I don't like them. But we got to deal with them with the NFL making so much money off of that. So we'll be talking about Raiders, Rams. We're going to hear here from Derek Carr and Devontae Adams about what challenges these road these short weeks present themselves. So, Bobby, let's hear first from Derek Carr on the challenge of the short week for the, this Raiders team. He takes one approach. Devontae takes another. Let's hear from the quarterback first. No, the biggest challenge is uh, I have to fit, you know, usually my whole my schedule, you know, into just a few days. And so, um, you know, the, the day, there really is no break. And so um, with everything that I have to watch and I have to get done to feel prepared like, like I usually do for every game, um, you know, yesterday was just, you know, crammed. Today is, again, crammed, uh, you know, to make sure I get in everything I get in. That way on, you know, Wednesday night and Thursday, I can always go back and do my routine, how I go back and you know think through things and all that kind of stuff instead of cramming all the way up until kickoff. And so, uh, I think that's the biggest that's the biggest challenge for me, um, just as quarterback. You know, we're putting the game plan in and all that stuff, but you know, getting the film in, getting the studying in, you know, really knowing the opponent, knowing the defense, um, that's always a big challenge. Yeah, and that was a little bit more of the mental side, the preparation side, the knowing what the opponent does and how they game plan and what you can see on the field to be able to do the audibles on the line of scrimmage, to be able to see who's blitzing, make sure he's picked up, all of that stuff. That's one side of this challenge. Devontae Adams, he talks a little bit more about the physical side. So let's hear here from number 17, Tay. Um, well, typically it's getting your body back right after, you know, getting into car crash every, you know, multiple times throughout the day. But, um, you know, body feels pretty good. So um, now it's just just snapping back into, you know, I don't think it's going to be too big of a deal. I think everybody talks about it and complains, but it's been on our calendar for a long time now. So everybody's got to go through it. It's not too big of a, of a problem as long as you're healthy. A car crash. That's how a lot of football players talk that it is being on the gridiron every single Sunday. All those impacts, all those tackles, all those big hits, it's tough. Life of a football player ain't easy, and that's why they only play football from August through January, some lucky ones all the way through February. If you did a year long, your body wouldn't be right every single weekend. It ain't right, but the players, they're there. Different challenges, Thursday night football, it's what the Raiders have, and Tay said it perfectly. We knew it was coming, and now we shall see what the Raiders do this Thursday. We already got a couple of callers right now lined up here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, and we're going to kick off all the way to San Diego with Raider Kingpin. No, sorry, Gangsta Raider first. My bad, Bobby. Gangsta, how you doing? You ready to go out there to L.A.? Hey man, I'm already in L.A. You know how we get out. I'm, you know, I'm from L.A. just like you, homeboy. You know what I'm saying? So I'm already pumped up. I'm taking my sons. This is their first Raider game in L.A., all the Raider games they went to previously was in Oakland because they only 20 and 21. So this would be their first Raider game in L.A., you know what I'm saying? And this would be my first Thursday night game, I believe. I don't think I ever went to a Thursday night game. I think I went to one Thursday night game in San Diego, but I didn't go into the game. I, I think I just tailgated. 
You know what I mean? But I think this would be my first Thursday night game I'm attending. And as far as um us, you know, overlooking the Rams, we, we should not do that because I don't know if you remember, but the last time we played the Rams in regular season, they beat us 52 nothing. So we owed them my ass whooping. You know what I'm saying? So that's all we need to be worried about. And Derek Carr was on the team when that happened. You know what I'm saying? So he need to remember that and pump the team up and tell them we owe them some get back for them beating us 52 nothing last time we played them in regular season. You remember that, Harry? Yeah, no, heck. I, re- I was front row when the Raiders hosted the Rams on Monday Night, Fo- Monday Night Football back in 2018, season one, and that was a 33-13 loss. That wasn't yeah. nice either. I'm like, hey, yeah, we deserve getting a win against the Rams, and this is a home game. So I yeah, hope, exactly. Gangsta, you're, out, you're loud and proud out there. I'll ask you this. I know you kept that game like you're going to it. After three wins in a row, is your mindset changed? It's like, hey, you know what? We're going to be even louder. Yeah, for real. Because at first, I, um, I'm kicking myself because I was going to go to the Seattle game, but the way they was playing, I um, didn't go. You know what I'm saying? I'm regretting not going. So I'm going to take all that regret and, and pour it into this. Plus, my, these are my son's first Raider game in L.A., so we're going to be really super pumped, you know what I'm saying? Because all the games they went to before was in Oakland, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, wasn't wasn't no football teams in L.A. when they was growing up, you know what I mean? So this is going to be like a real, real, like, moment for us, you know what I mean? So we're going to be loud and proud representing to the fullest, you know what I'm saying? Especially when we win because we know we're going to win and we got to return that um that butt whooping, you know what I'm saying? 52 nothing, man, that still hurt. Just even say it, you know what I mean? So that's what should be on our mind. We forget who playing, forget who not playing, forget what their record is. We owe them a butt whooping, you know what I'm saying? Two, matter of fact, like you say, for that um that, that one in that football night, game, yeah, 2018. That was Gruden's first game, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, when he came yeah. back. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh. So we owe them. That's all we need to be worried about. So Raider Nation, show up. You show your show up in all black, or whatever. But I'm wearing my white um, Jacobs jersey. That's the only time I wear white is on um, away games, even though it's technically a, a road. I mean, a home game. But you know, it's the only Josh Jacobs jersey I got is the white one. So I want to rock it. You know what I'm saying? In L.A. But everybody else, so let's black out the stadium and represent to the fullest. I'm gonna be out there tailgating starting at two. You know what I'm saying? So I'll be at the stadium tailgating it too in um, Pink Lot, me and my Raider Riders. You know what I'm saying? Anybody want to come and join in? Come on, represent Raider Nations. Let's get it. You know what I'm saying? L.A. all day. Stay up, homeboy. Go get it, gangsta. Thank you so much for your call. All the way from L.A., the Raider Nation out there in Los Angeles is ready. For this game they've been ready for this game for a while they saw that week one loss and it's like man good thing we got another one at sofi they've spent a lot of money on those tickets they deserve a win now we go to the 619 kingpin he said nah he teased me right before he went with gangster kingpin if you want to call back in let me know a lot of folks including myself we used to go from la to san diego to watch the Raiders play in the 2010 era, 2010 era, 2000 era, because we didn't have a team in L.A. And it was a shorter drive from L.A. to San Diego than from L.A. to Oakland. And now those folks in San Diego in the 619, they're going up to the 213 to the 323 and getting those drives in because now the Chargers, they're still a divisional opponent, but they're in L.A., so it's a shorter drive back there. It's the closest one because from here to San Diego, what is it? Five hours, five and a half hour drive from Las Vegas to San Diego. So San Diego to L.A., two and a half, three hours, depending on how fast or slow you end up driving or the traffic is. And that's another thing. I've heard traffic is a pain in the you know what. 
out there in the Inglewood area. I was thinking about going to an event next month at at Inglewood, out there at the Forum, and then I thought, I've heard that traffic is terrible there. I don't even want to mess around with it. I think I'll prefer going to Phoenix. But yeah, Los Angeles right now, Raider Nation. I want to hear from you out there in L.A. And also, shout out to the Raider Nation. I went yesterday to their season ticket member event. Uh, PSL holders had an opportunity to be at Allegiant Stadium and I saw a lot of Raider Nation showing love to the Spanish radio broadcast or Raider Nation radio. I appreciate you guys and I had a buddy of mine Andy that said that he's going to LA that he bought eight tickets for his family two parking passes and he told me how much he spent and I was like what? You spent that much money and it was a lot of money but that shows you the fashion the passion that this fan base has for its team, how ingrained it is in their blood, in their skin, on feeling it. And I'm feeling good about this game on Thursday, tomorrow. But when I'm feeling good about a game, I get nervous at times. I'm like, ah, I don't want this team to just not deliver when they should. But the good thing is they're coming off of three wins. Those close games that we were complaining about at the beginning of the season, no one six and a one score game. Now they're flipping the script and they're like, hey, we can do it. Let's go to a break, Raider Nation. We will be right back here on the JT The Brick Show. 702-365-9200 is a number that you should dial to call in. And we want to hear your voice. What you got to say. Raiders, Rams, tomorrow. Here, we got the preview today. Call in, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200. Crosby bringing pressure off the edge. The dump down to Eckler at the 18th. Blockers in front, 25-30. And he takes it out. The ball's on the turf. Raiders pointing at it. There's a scrum for it. It's still loose, and Hobbs picks it up at the 35, and he's chopped down at the 32. They knocked it out of there. Austin Eckler had picked up the first down, but he lost it as he was falling to the turf. And the Raiders with a takeaway here early in the third quarter. That turnover was huge for the Raiders. They had two in the first half where they gave the ball up to the... Chargers first with that fumble from Josh Jacobs, which, by the way, first fumble of the season. Good that he has taken care of the ball, not only being the leading rusher in all the NFL, but also protecting the rock. Then the pick six from Derek Carr. Despite that, they were only down 10 to nothing in those first four possessions where they gave the ball up with two punts and two turnovers. Then you start the second half hot. And I literally just said on the broadcast, I was like, the Raiders, it would, this would be a perfect moment to get the ball back, get a turnover, give the team an extra possession. And what happens? That fumble, they were able to recover it. Jerron Harmon, third four, forced fumble this season. Before going with Josh McDaniels, who we heard uh, had who had his press conference earlier today, we go with Raider 562, who is calling in here to Raider Nation Radio on the JT The Brick Show. What's up, 562? Hey, what's going on, Harry? How's it going? Enjoying life, man, one day at a time. And one yes, day at sir. a time is going to take us to Thursday Night Football tomorrow. Hey, I'm a big-time Raider fan. I've been a Raider fan for like 30 years. I just moved here to Vegas from uh, 
Long Beach, California. Uh, I, I, I think, I think that nervousness, that kind of, you know, hesitation that you feel in the back, that's kind of like, I don't know, you know, I'm still kind of hesitant, worried about it, is that sometimes the Raiders that show up and it's, it's kind of like we trip over our own feet, you know, because I feel like anybody you put in front of us and we're at our best, we can beat. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's just the way that I feel. I feel like a lot of the games that we had, we, we were, you know, with a lot of mistakes on, on our own our own selves, you know. Um, so I just hope that they go in and keep that same energy um, on the offense. I think they're going to – I think the Rams are going to definitely try and play up. And I think we should – it has to be fluent. You know what I mean? We have to uh, be able to adjust to whatever, you know what I mean, they have going on and – and uh, on the defense, as far as the defense, that middle, you know, worries me a lot. You know, I, we have a Achilles heel in that middle of the of the defense, and uh, I'm hoping we're able to to pull it together like we did against uh, the the Chargers and uh, keep that same energy and keep it going, man. Uh, Raider Nation, five six two out. There you go. Thank you, five six two. Now in Vegas, originally from Long Beach, California. Thanks for the call. Uh, and let's keep it coming. I am I got a feeling he was talking about the middle of the defense uh, where the passing lanes are being open a lot because the middle and the defensive line, that's been a big improvement for the Raiders. And you want to hunt the quarterback, and the Raiders have been able to do so in the last three games with 11 sacks in the last three games and the previous 10 that they had. In the previous nine, they had 10 sacks. So there's definitely been an improvement in that line. And we don't know if it's going to be Baker Mayfield or not. He's part of the Rams organization. And we're going to start hearing Josh McDaniel's press conference where he was asked precisely about Baker Mayfield and and precisely what what's up with um, Baker Mayfield. Let's go to the press conference. Um, years ago where we got, you know, added a guy in the middle of the week and tried to cram as much as we could, you know, because we, we had to based on injury. But... Um, you know, it's definitely not out of the question. Uh, I think there's a lot of factors that would go into whether or not they would want to do that or not, though. How well did that work out? Uh, he actually played pretty good. Um, we didn't win, but he, he played pretty good. So, um, you know, again, I think each person would be different. It was Kellen Clemens, actually, was the quarterback. And, um, you know, I don't remember how many days we had that week, but he definitely wasn't there for like three weeks. He was there for a very short period of time. So, um, you know. Uh, each guy would be different. Handle it. What's the biggest challenge for you on a short week? Um, combining, combining the uh, preparation and information that you absolutely need to know, with managing uh, the rest, recovery, and energy that you're going to need. I think that's the trick. Um, you know, you're playing a game tomorrow. You know, and we just got done playing Sunday, and so. Um, you know, you obviously have a lot of information to take in in a short period of time, but you know, you, you, you have to be able to, you know, make a good decision about, all right, when's enough enough, you know, and all right, let's just cut it there and we don't need anything else, you know, and at some point you got to just make a call on, all right, that's, that's enough to go, go play the game. If we need to make some adjustments in the game, then we'll go ahead and do it, you know, as opposed to overloading how much you try to get done in the, in the couple of days you have. Um, and then managing the team, you know, rest, recovery, treatment, um, so that we can have as much energy, um, you know, and play, you know, uh, with with great resolve for 60 minutes tomorrow. So, 
Um, it's always a little bit of a trick, but uh, I think our guys have had a great attitude. Our staff's done a good job of kind of cutting it down to what we need, and uh, we'll start the game, and then we'll, you know, all bets are off at that point. Kyle has uh, played pretty well the times you've called him up, and now he gets to move up to the active roster. Uh, yeah. what, what has he showed you guys? What has he brought to you? And then also, I guess, what did Vickers uh, not do that uh, had him move out? Yeah, um, well, we'll see how it goes with Kendall. You know what I mean? We're, we're waiting on, you know, kind of how that how that the transactions will go today, but um, you know, no, KV didn't do anything, you know, incorrectly. He was managing a couple of things here the last couple of weeks relative to just his overall health and body and all that. But um, Kyle's just been a consistent guy. Um, you know, he, he goes in there and understands what his job is, knows what his role is, and tries to do it to the best of his ability. He's tough. Um, you know, uh, he'll do the dirty work, you know, and, and he just he plays hard. So, um you know, he's a, he does a lot of things the way you would ask him to do. Um, has some limitations, but we know what those are. And uh, he works around them. We work around them. And uh, he's contributed to uh, some, some good days for the defense. Coach, Rams have had uh, 12 different offensive lines starting this year. In general terms, what does that sort of inconsistency on an offensive line do to an offense? And then follow that up, would you be surprised tomorrow night if we're not talking about a big day from your defensive line? I think the you know the continuity on the offensive line obviously is important. Um, uh, you know, there no five guys work together more closely and, and connected in, in, in terms of being connected on every play than those guys do. So I, I understand the challenges. Um, we've lived through those before. Um, you know, we've had our fair share of you know uh, changes and those kind of things. But um, I think they're uh, when you watch them, you know, they're well coached. Sean doesn't put anybody in a position to do things that they can't do. Um, you know, they can run the football, they pass protect, they, they do some different things, move the pocket. Um, and all of them know what they're, what they're being asked to do. So um, I give those guys a lot of credit. They've definitely had a lot of shuffling going on. Um, but, you know, they never make an excuse. And they just keep plugging guys in there and giving them an opportunity to play. And they coach them and, and get them ready. And generally, they've, they've acquitted themselves very well. But it's not easy. Uh, when you have to deal with so many uh, changes with the, with that group of five guys because of how much communication goes on. So, um, you know, look, they're preparing hard. We're preparing hard. And, um, you know, we're going to play the best we can tomorrow against all 11 guys that are on the field. So uh, hopeful that we can put together a good performance as a, as a unit and as a team. The Raiders always have a big road presence in terms of the crowd, but especially in Southern California. Yep. At all, or is that just uh, you know? Once the game starts, you guys don't even see that. But when you go on the road and you have uh, a predominantly Raider crowd in the stands, yeah, uh, it does impact it. Um, you know, first of all, it's it was I, I, I my first opportunity to to see that was opening day. You know, was I was um, I was pretty uh, amazed. You know, uh, obviously um, they 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 give us great support wherever we're at. I mean, they've been everywhere, uh, East Coast. Florida, uh, Seattle, and certainly in Southern California. So um, our fans are tremendous, and um, it's a little bit of a um, you're, you're trying to you're trying to gauge um, certain things. Silent cadence on the road, not using the silent cadence on the road. Um, those things are always um, a question. Um, so we would default on always preparing for the worst, and and then we'll adapt during the course of the game. Um, but I, I would say there's no question that you feel that and that does and can have an impact in the game. Certainly, I hope it doesn't have any impact in terms of the way we play. 
um, you know, we just have great support there, and uh, we felt it on opening day, and I'm sure we're going to feel it tomorrow night. <clears throat> With all the shuffling you guys did on your old line, what gave you the confidence that it was going to work out? Just, uh, I think, trying to, you know, evaluate it day to day and really be honest with ourselves. Um, and, and look, you know, work out is a relative term, as you, as you know. I mean, you know, they've, they've gotten to, to string together some games here over the course of the season. Um, there's definitely things we can do better. Uh, but I think as a unit, they're trying to, to do the right things as we go through the season. And as long as we're honest about, you know, uh, the, the things we're doing right and the things we're not, then I think you're always kind of being led to the right decision. And so um, we did talk about opportunity, you know, starting back in the spring, giving everybody opportunities to earn their role. We've been consistent with that and that approach. Uh, I think we've rewarded the people that have played the most consistent and done the things that we're asking them to do the best. Um, and we continue to do that. They continue to work in practice. Uh, you, you've seen guys start to create new roles. Isaiah Palama, I mean, he just created a role for himself last week and started to you know, really kind of start making some plays defensively. And we've tried to do that with every, every guy on our football team. And um, I think they respect that. And I think the offensive line in general uh, has benefited from the fact that, okay, you know, we worked through all those kinks. We had some shuffling. I think it's always good for guys to play on the left and right. I mean, that's great experience for them because you're never going to go through an entire season and have five guys just stand there and never come out based on injury or some other factor. So um, Dylan knowing the calls on the right, knowing the calls on the left, having to play center early in the season. Alex was on the left. Now he's on the right. Uh, Jermaine's been at guard and at tackle, played right tackle, left tackle. So I think all of those reps and all of the communication is valuable. And so I think they, they've used it. They've had the right mindset about it. And I think now we've, we've kind of settled into a five that we, you know, hopefully we can stay with. Um, I think that they would look back on those experiences and say that it was all beneficial to them. When you guys cut Alex Bars, did you think he might reemerge at that point? What were your thoughts yeah. when that happened? Yeah, Alex had always done the, you know, done the right stuff and, um, you know, given a, a great effort, uh, prepared hard. Um, and, again, that's what I say. Like, whenever, whenever that happens, it's not, you know – you know, forever, you know what I mean? Um, the experiences that we've gained with the players and how much we've poured into them, how much they've poured into us and try to give us their best. I mean, it all counts for something, you know? So uh, there's no relationship that's uh, not worth it. And so I think we've, we've tried to take that attitude and approach every day since we've gotten here. Your run game's been killing it between the tackles. Uh, what does the prospect of no Aaron Donald tomorrow do to the game? I'm not going to say anything about that until I know that. Uh, I know the pro what the prospect is when he plays. Um, uh, this guy's um, as good of a football player as there is at his position in the National Football League. There's no question. And uh, so, you know, our our biggest focus is is if he is in there, um, understanding the way he plays and how disruptive he can be, and what we need to do to try to you know, minimize as best we can uh, his impact on the game, which is almost impossible. So, um, you know, we're going to try to do the things we know how to do the best. Um, you know, on a short week, you don't – we're not reinventing the wheel. Um, you know, we don't, we don't practice, you know, 75 new plays here. So, um, you know, it's rarely a mystery about how things are going to go and what you're going to try to do. Um, what it comes down to more than anything is fundamentals. Uh, technique, effort, um, communication, and trying to do things right. So, um, you know, that's really what we're going to focus on, uh, regardless of who's out there. Josh will be happy if he doesn't have to see him in the hole, though, I'm sure. <laughs> 
we'll all be happy. I mean, uh, it's hard to. It's uh, that's easy to say. Uh, it's not easy to accomplish because of how good he is. Nate Hobbs does so many good things, and you, so you got to have him back on the field. But he's been really critical of himself, uh, kind of jokingly, but for his bad return on the fumble, he thought he should have done more. Like when a, when a player has that much kind of uh, self-critique and ambition of like, hey, I did a lot of things well, but this is something I need to work on and get better. Like, does that just speak a lot to their their desire to grow? Yeah, how competitive he is. Um, Nate's a guy that um, wants to do everything he's doing well, and um, he always tries to improve and get better. And I think for a young player to have that kind of mindset and that kind of purpose every day that he comes into the building, um, you got you got something significant to work with, you know, and – uh, Nate's been that way since I first met him. And so, um, <clears throat> you know, whether it's that or coverage or tackling, um, whatever it is, um, he wants he wants coached. Uh, he takes coaching very well. Um, he works really hard to try to improve um, and apply his skills to it. So, um, you know, good example for a lot of our young guys. Coach, I know we've asked you already about this, but Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller is wondering if you had any update on their progress. No, no update yet. Um, again, kind of still working through the the whole thing. I, I, like I said, you know, we'll see how the end of the day goes. Um, you know, like the short week and the long layoff, you know, are, are things obviously we've taken into consideration and um, we'll take that, you know, into consideration here before we make an ultimate decision. You guys all set? Good to go. See you in L.A. We'll see you in L.A., Coach. There's Josh McDaniel's media availability from this morning here on the JT The Brick Show on Raider Nation Radio. He spoke a lot about that offensive line and the defensive line when asked about it. And, my God, that's where it all starts, in the trenches. And you see how both units have improved from week one through now with the Raiders going into week 14 against the Rams tomorrow in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium out there in Inglewood, California. Look at this. First nine games, the defense had 10 sacks. Last three games, 11 sacks. The offensive line in the first nine games, 22 sacks allowed. Last three games, one sack allowed. That shows you how this unit keeps growing, and they've been doing a great job. I'm sorry. That stat is 21 sacks allowed in the first nine games, two sacks allowed in the last three games. Still, you're talking about a unit that for the first time ever this season, they didn't allow a sack in a game. They protected Derek Carr. They gave gave him nearly three seconds in average per play to get rid of the ball, and they're protecting the quarterback. When you can protect the quarterback, good things happen. And at the same time, when you put pressure on the opposing quarterback, good things happen, and you get an opportunity to get a turnover. And someone that was always on the ball, a turnover machine, was Hall of Famer and Raiders are icon, Charles Woodson, who built his legend on the gridiron. And now he's taking that same dedication to his new craft spirit line, Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. It's available at more than 70 Las Vegas grocery and fine liquor stores. If it wasn't your game day whiskey already, it is now. Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. Shout out to them. I got a bottle at home. I don't drink much, but One of the very few times I've drank in the last two years was to get a celebratory drink, and it was bourbon whiskey when the Dodgers eliminated the Giants in the playoffs in 2021. And I hope I can celebrate a little bit more by the end of the regular season in the 2022 campaign in the NFL with the Raiders making it to the postseason. We are far from being close to it, but 
Got to take it one game at a time. Got to go one and oh this season. Let's this game this week. That's what we need. It's a one game season for the Raiders. Just win this week, this game this uh, week, week fourteen. Then go and win week fifteen, week seven, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. One at a time. That's what the Raiders have to focus on. Let's go to a break. After it, we're gonna reach out to Mayra Gomez, sideline reporter for Thursday Night Football on Prime in Espanol. Let's go to a break. We'll be right back here on Raider Nation Radio, nine twenty a.m. Josh Jacobs, 74 yards on 13 carries, and he gets it again. Pitches it back to Derek Carr. Looking downfield for Devontae Adams. It's straight at the five. Touchdown, Raiders. And the that's even more glorious. Again. That's even more glorious. When you can throw a flea flicker in there, catch the defense completely off guard, and Devontae Adams runs behind the Chargers defense. Two Derek Carr throws here in the third quarter, and both have been long touchdowns to Devontae Adams. This one from 45 yards out, and the Raiders lead the Chargers 23-13. How about that, Raider Nation? Back-to-back games with flea flickers at end and touchdowns. All these trickery plays at the beginning of the season, it seemed like the Raiders couldn't catch a break, and none of them were working. Now, with Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams doing their thing, now it's when they're working. Last week, well, the last game, Seattle, Matt Collins was wide open. Over here, Derek Carr went to Devontae Adams, pretty much wide open as well, into the end zone, touchdown. Extended the lead enough that the Raiders, that was the game-winning touchdown, the points that made the difference. Now, let's go all the way to Los Angeles. Inglewood, Maida Gomez is there because she is going to be at the sidelines over there at SoFi Stadium uh, broadcasting Thursday night football on Prime in Espanol. Maida, ¿cómo estás? Great to talk with you. It's been a while. ¿Qué tal, Harry? Un gusto saludarte. It's always a pleasure to speak to you, especially when we're talking about the Raiders. Oh, I'm sorry. No, nah, you're good. You're good. Hey, people, people can love it hearing that. <laughs> so you're a Bay Area girl. You've been out there in yeah. the Bay Area, and you covered the Raiders when they were in Oakland all the way up to 2019. Uh, you, how much change have you seen from the Raiders all the way back then in 2019 when they were still the Oakland Raiders, and now 2022, now that they're the Las Vegas Raiders, and you've been able to come out here to Vegas to watch a game or two? Yeah, it's been an interesting change. I mean, obvious, uh, other than the obvious changes, there's a lot more of them. I think one of the things that kind of breaks my heart speaking of was the home opener in Las Vegas this past season and I was speaking to a couple of colleagues and they said, what's going on with the Raider Nation? I said, what do you mean? They go, you know, I remember going to Oakland and it was 70, 80, 90% Raider fans every single game. He goes, and then I went to Vegas home opener and I said, please don't talk to me about that. And he goes, I know, I noticed that change. And, and I hate to point it out, but even though, you know, the Raider fans continue to travel, even though they're present, I think the fact that they're in Vegas kind of has taken away a little of that black hole mentality. Also, the stadium's a lot bigger, so it allows for more fans. 
you know, to come in. And I think that might have changed, uh, shifted a little bit more to be more like 60-40 fan base. Um, athletically speaking, they're an incredible team. They're on fire right now, so it's always exciting. But it, it, there are those little changes, Harry, and, and I hate to admit it. Yeah, no, and I love Oakland. I loved going out there to the Yay area and enjoying a game or two per season, if not more. But, I mean, if you ask somebody from, I don't know, Montana, where do you want to go, Las Vegas or Oakland? They'll Ab- say Las absolutely. Vegas 11 times out of 10, not 10 times out of 10. So that's uh, a destination. This is where a lot of folks want to come out here. So that's why we see the 60-40s. Maida, you're out there covering the NFL nationally with Thursday Night Football on Prime. What have you seen from the Raiders and Rams this year? It's been an interesting season for both teams. Unfortunately, the Rams, you know, are the, they're still the Super Bowl team. They're still the champ, reigning champions. Unfortunately, they've been hit with a lot of injuries. But I don't think it's just the injuries, Harry. Something is not, something just isn't connecting correctly with this team. You know, it's kind of when you, we say in Spanish, vendes tu alma al diablo, y fue lo que hizo Sean McVay. He sold his whole soul to the devil. He sold, exactly. He sold his soul to the devil. He had one thing in mind, and he's got to pay his dues now. So the team, unfortunately, has been up and down. Though yesterday I spoke to a couple of the, of the players for the Raiders, and I said, hey, you know, what do you think of the Rams? And they brought up a really good point, and I think that this is something that for as much as the Raiders can be favorite tomorrow night, you know, he said, they just lost to a team by four points, a team that we ourselves had to take into overtime to beat. So things can go either way. He goes, you can't ever undermine an opponent, especially not the Rams, especially not, you know, a team coached by Sean McVay, who's incredible, who knows how to get the ball to his playmakers, who understands how to put the defense in pickles. He says, so we, we're going to go out there, we're going to tough it out. And these are kind of the things that we have to keep in mind as Raider fans, not we, but the Raider fans <laughs> have to keep in mind, you know, thinking ahead of the Raider, you know, Thursday night football. And then another thing, when we discuss Raider Nation in itself, is that they've restarted their season. After, you know, right before that Denver game, and I'm going to be sharing something that, you know, I was told yesterday, tomorrow night, in our Prime in Espanol broadcast about what happened and how they feel they restarted that season. And, but they, they think they, they restarted the season, they're full on, and now they believe they can find a way to get into the playoffs. Absolutely. And I think that that's the most important, that mentality. That mentality that these players now have is the strongest asset for this team coming on to Thursday Night Football. It's just one game at a time right now for the Raiders, and the next one, you're we broadcasting it. We're talking with Mayra Gomez, sideline reporter for Thursday Night Football in Spanish and Espanol on Prime. Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, they're the Raiders' offense. You look at their numbers, ridiculous, over 1,000 yards already. What, have you, what do you think they can do to this Rams' defense when you speak about the pieces that they have? Specifically, you see a Jalen Ramsey out there. What can't they do would be the question. Because, yes, Jalen Ramsey is good, but he has several flaws. He has several weaknesses that we've seen throughout many games. There's a particular play that comes into mind when playing against the San Francisco 49ers where, you know, he had his man wide open on the left of him. He sees the ball coming, and he just steps out of bounds. 
And you're like, what? You're supposed to be one of these top players in the NFL. What are you doing? And so, no, I'm not saying he does that all the time. I'm just saying he's someone that makes mistakes, and Devontae Adams is on top of his game. He is hot. Josh Jacobs is hot. And that's why I ask, what can't they do? If they continue the pace that they're going, I mean, we're talking about Josh Jacobs potentially getting to near 2,000 yards, rushing yards this season. And that's incredible when you think of how little performance was being done in certain games. So I think that they have a really good shot of, you know, putting up those big numbers that they've been putting up in the next couple, in the past couple of weeks. And I'm excited to see them live, especially after, again, yesterday, speaking to a couple of these players and they're like, there's nothing like watching Josh Jacobs carry that ball on the sideline, the way Devontae Adams prepares for these games and just coming out and doing his craft is unbelievable. So I'm really excited to watch both of these boys. Do you think something is opening up for Derek Carr now that he's trusting Devontae Adams even more? He had a lot of trust in him coming into the season. But now being on the field, I feel that there's a little bit more of, you know what, I'll throw a 50-50 ball out there because I know that with Tay it's not 50-50. It's more a 70-30 or an 80-20. Absolutely. I think Derek Carr has had a lot of trust issues. And, you know, ever since he had that ankle injury against the Indianapolis Colts, they, I think that there's been that lack of confidence in him. And we saw a little bit of it come back when he was connecting with Henry Ruggs. Unfortunately, we know what happened then. But I see a lot of that same attitude coming on now when it comes to Devontae Adams. Because one thing is to say, yeah, he's my buddy. We're good friends. We know each other. And another thing is actually having him on the field, understanding that connection, and as you mentioned, knowing that he's not going to you know, get 50% of the ball, but he's going to get 70, 80. He's going to make you look good. He's going to make this team look good. And that's exactly what Devontae Adams is doing. And I feel that that's, that's bringing up the confidence in Derek Carr, that confidence of, you know, I like to call it la mentalidad del diablo, the devil's, devil's mentality, where it's like you're hungry, you've got fire in your eyes, and that's what having a wide receiver like Devontae Adams does to someone like Derek Carr. Tell folks how they can watch and listen to you guys tomorrow on Thursday Night Football on Prime. Rolando Cantu, former offensive lineman, he's part of the broadcast. It's Adrian this week, right? With the play-by-play? Yes. Yep, it's Adrian. Miguel is still out in Qatar doing World Cup duties. Yeah, so Adrián García Márquez, Rolando Cantú, and Mayra Gómez are part of the NFL um, Prime and Español broadcast Thursday Night Football. How can people watch it, Mayra? So, lo único que tienen que hacer es ingresar, prender su televisión, prender la aplicación de Amazon Prime, y a través de Amazon Prime encuentras el Thursday Night Football, y allí te da tres diferentes opciones para ver el partido, y uno de ellos es el, la opción de verlo en español. So she just said, really there quickly. you go, go for it, go for it. <laughs> you just go on your Amazon Prime app, you, you connect to it, you find a Thursday Night Football, and there's three different options on how to watch the game, and all you got to do is select the En Español one. And of course, you can all follow me on Myra L. Gomez, that's M-A-Y-R-A-L-G-O-M-E-Z, on Instagram and Twitter for behind-the-scenes footage of what's going to take place tomorrow. And I have to let you know, Harry, Raider Nation does travel. I just want to clarify that before anybody comes at me with it. They do travel. This morning when I was flying into L.A., I, did, I was flying in with at least four Raider fans. 
and obviously they were decked out in radar, and that's how I know. But yeah. Heck, and that was today. I can only imagine later today, tomorrow morning, for oh, yeah. those folks that don't want to spend on a hotel and those driving down from the Bay Area, from Las Vegas, from San Diego, to experience this game live. Mayra Gomez, muchas gracias. Thank you so much for joining me today here on the JT The Brick Show. Follow her on social media and tomorrow on Thursday Night Football on Prime. Gracias, Mayra. Muchísimas gracias a ti a toda la Raider Nation. Raider! There you go, Raider Nation. She's actually a Raider Nation member herself. She used to cover the team out there in Oakland. She's a Bay Area girl, and she followed the Raiders for a long a long time. And now she's not in the same city, but she still follows the silver and black. Remember, Raider Nation, Grimaldi's is hands down my favorite pizza in Las Vegas. Only at Grimaldi's Pizzeria can you get the famous New York-style coal-fired brick oven pizza that you crave. Grimaldi's has four locations in the Vegas Valley, Boca Park, the Palazzo, Zout Rainbow, and Green Valley. I'm actually going to the one of them after the show to get some lunch. We're going to a break. Raider Nation, we'll be right back with our number two of the JT The Brick Show.